Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da da was once the rage Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is uh, 
a little after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's uh, the 3rd of March. And here we are. We're still fighting a battle. Civil rights are still being displaced. We still have a lot of work to do. And uh, so we're going to sit around and have a cup of joe. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, come up with a plan. Let's Let's start showing up, maybe executing this plan. We have uh, a little bit of a new twist to the show. So right now, instead of this show being cast on uh, my personal YouTube channel, it's now being podcast on um, the Human Solution YouTube channel. But most easily, it's available to be watched on the Human Solution International website. Yes, that is T-H-S-I-N-T-L dot org, and that takes you right to the YouTube feed, and I'm looking at it right now, T-H-S-I-N-T-L dot org, and you'll be on the new, to- the new YouTube feed. Um, Lisa's also posting it on uh, the Facebook thing, and... We'll see what happens. So we have um, some changes going on. A bunch of pretty substantial changes, to be honest. Uh, The first and foremost, this show is being uh, cut to one hour. But um, as much as I said to make a one-hour show, it was put up as 90 minutes. So we'll see what happens. I'll maybe cut back slowly, and this week we'll do 90 minutes, and next week we'll do one hour. It's not going to be easy because there's so much to talk about, but what I noticed was um, time is just a thing that if we don't make it important, it becomes not important. And we go out of our way to create a show like this and to make it available to everybody and to save it and archive it. And then you go back and you look at who's watched it and who hasn't watched it and you see who's doing what and who's not doing what and you realize there's a value to the show, but it's not doing what it could and should be doing. So I'm rethinking my plan. I'm going to keep the show going no matter what. I, I do this show for the people that need to be heard. I do this show not to have another conversation with the choir. I love my choir. I've got a great choir. But that's not why I do this show. I do this show uh, to give a voice to people who need a voice. I give a, a show so that Craig Cecil can talk to the community every week when he wants to. I do the show so a defendant who feels uh, that they don't have anywhere to go, that they don't have any hope, that they need help, that they have a way to reach out to people. Uh, that's why I do this show. I do this show so that once in a while when an inspired activist comes up and they feel like they're actually making a difference, they have a way to connect to a broader community. So as much as my expectations are huge and for most people would probably say unreachable, um, for many, many, many people, the things that we accomplish on this show are tremendous and certainly worthy of doing. So um, assume that it's going to be 90 minutes today, and um, 
maybe next week we'll go down to an hour. We'll see how it goes, you know. If the show is um, inspired and inspiring, um, you know, we'll take it where we can. I have a lot of latitude with the way that this show is, is being broadcast and podcast. I have the ability to make it go longer if I want to. So as many of you know, um, about a week ago or so, I uh, took a pretty big lump on my head. And last show was a little wonky because it was literally hours after that it happened. And, um, you know, I taped myself up, threw a hat on, and just kept going. And um, I went on for about two days after the injury and I just kept going. I was like, I'm not going to let this thing stop me. And uh, I had everybody yelling and screaming at me, you know, you got to go to the hospital and go get looked at and go get stitches and go get all these things. And I'm like, you know what, I'm fine. I know when I'm hurt. I know when I'm sick. And then after about two days, um, I worked in the morning. actually was out there shoveling and... Uh, Got a little tired in the afternoon, and I said, you know, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. And I woke up several hours later, and all of a sudden I realized that uh, I needed to rest. So I threw up a white flag, and I surrendered. I said, you know what, I'm just going to let let my body have a chance to heal. You know, let nature take its course, and I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it down a little bit. And all of a sudden, for the next almost four or five days, I was, Tired as could be, tired like I was sick. wasn't sick, didn't have a fever, didn't have any other sick symptoms, but I was just uh, beat to hell because I had powered through so many times so for so long. Only today am I starting to feel like I'm getting my strength back, um, and I'm taking it easy now. So in the course of all this, when I surrendered, I, I realized that I need to be serious about myself and my health, if I'm going to be any good to anybody, um, I've built a business that people rely on, and I, I have this activist organization that people rely on, and as much as I know, it would continue on in some some way if I was to not be here. Um, I don't think it would do what it could do without me the way that it is right now. So um, at this moment, I consider myself to be in a very important part of of all of these things, and um, and we have to allocate our time. We have to decide what's important. We have to prioritize ourselves and um, the time that we have. So normally I go on and I rant and ramble along about a lot of things, and uh, today I'm going to keep that to kind of a short, a short thing. Well, I don't know if I'm even capable of that anymore, but. One thing I want to I want to bring out is that over the last year, six months or so for sure, since the last election and uh, probably the year prior to that, I've set some strong intentions about this organization and and what I want to see happen. And I've talked about this many times. We've had a really large organization at one time and. And all these rock star activists and all these people that were just so amazing and did so many amazing things. And the truth is we did a lot of good work. We did a lot of good work for a lot of good people. But what happens when you bring a lot of rock stars to uh, an arena, uh, eventually the band breaks up. 
eventually, you know, one person gets a little bigger than the other one and the next one, and you stop being a team. You stop being a, a group of people that are working together for a common goal, and instead you become whatever. I don't know what we became. Um, and so for the past two, three years, our focus has not been, you know, let's get big, let's gather all these people together. Our focus has been let's find a few good people. Let's train a few good people. Let's find a few willing people that are willing to actually get in and carry some mud, push a wheelbarrow, dig a hole, climb up a tree, cut a branch, um, you know, do those things that are needed to be done to make things happen. You know, there's the 80-20 rule. We 20% of the effort gets 80% of the work done. It's just how things tend to be. And it seems that we've gathered together a really good 20% team. We have an amazing uh, new type of growth. Rather than explosive growth in numbers, we've picked up uh, an incredible number of, of people that are passionate about making change. And they're not a huge number, but they're a lot of couples. You know, we talked about it, and it's not that you have to be a couple to be powerful. There's plenty of single individuals out there doing amazing work. The power of one, we talk about it all the time. But you want to know what's bigger than the power of one? The power of two. Because two people can watch each other's back. Two people can carry something much more complicated than one person can. You know, that thing that's big and bulky, not too heavy, but it's big and bulky, and one person really can't manage it too good. But you get another person on the line, and up the stairs you go. Um, and we have a huge number of couple teams now, and I'm watching where and how we're growing so strongly. It's coming out of these couple teams. So we've got uh, Glenn and Peggy in Ohio, and at the same time that they're fighting their case in Ohio, a criminal case, they're helping other people, they're being great activists, and um, they're doing a great job uh, holding that torch, holding the beacon, the Creative Care Beacon chapter. And then we have Pete and Helen Yaple, talk about a powerhouse couple, these, these two are... <laughs> Each one of them carries enough energy for two of most people, and you put them both together, and it's a dynamo, you know. It's just amazing. And, um, you know, watching them explode, not only with their own activist work, but, um, uh, you know, working with the with the company and working, building the Solidarity Over Separation chapter. Just amazing to watch it all happen. And then we have... Sarah and Mike in Kansas. My God, do you want to talk about a motivated couple? These two are just exploding right now. They're they're up at the Capitol. They've launched a, 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 a submitted a piece of legislation called the Human Solution Act of all things, and it's amazing and beautiful because you know if you ever think about that concept, the human solution. It's it's elegant. It's brilliant. It is, you know, truly the thing that could change the world. Because who who is the solution? Who has all the things it takes to fix everything? Yeah, the humans. 
Absolutely. And, you know, no matter what, you know, if you have a spiritual bent, um, you know, the divine's held within all of us is what how it's supposed to be, right? We all have that spark. We all have that that thing about us that is divine. So it's truly the human solution. And uh, it looks like we may be even putting together a, a law enforcement training program uh, that, that comes out of these guys. Kansas, of all places, blows me away. Um, but it's happening. we got a great team. we got Chris Howell. And, uh, hey, Chris, how's it going? Um, and, uh, and we got Ann and uh, more and more people gathering around in, in Kansas. And then here in Central California, up in Fresno, California, the armpit of California. Oh, no, collector goes to the <laughs> armpit, I'll tell you. I think uh, Fresno is probably like the, the belly of California, the San Joaquin Valley, and that whole area is kind of like where all the food comes from. So we'll call it like the belly of California. It's kind of a plain, a wide-open place. There's not – there's some beautiful mountains up there up in uh, – was it Zion, I think? Um, uh, what is it? Anyways, there's redwoods up there, and uh, there's some there's some beautiful forest area. Yosemite's on the backside of Fresno, um, but the valley itself is you know you drive through it, it just goes and goes, and there's trees and nothing, and trees and nothing, and oil fields and nothing, and trees and nothing, and the people are very conservative as a rule, and uh, it's a it's an interesting place. Well, Scott and Nikki moved out there, and these guys have just been on fire to get a foothold with the human solution. And for 10 years, I've tried to get an outpost out there. We had a little Bakersfield chapter for a few years, and it just like smoldered. It never really lit up. You know, we've we've done a couple rallies out there, and we've we've been out there. You know, the, the, the green team's been out there to try to carry it, but it just always kind of, as soon as you stop breathing into the balloon, it would just go back down. So uh, these guys are doing it. And today um, they got on the road and they went up to Redding, California. And, and last week we had Steve Raley on the line and we talked to him about, um, you know, doing court support at his federal hearing. And uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna tell us about what happened a little bit later on today. And hopefully, our guest Jonathan Windyboy, he's a senator from Montana, and um, over the last year, about a year and a half ago, we decided to open up our mission from simply cannabis um, causes. Uh, to include disabled folks' causes. And then six months or so ago, we opened our mission up yet again to include veterans' causes. And then a few months ago, um, we opened up our mission to include Native American causes. And the reason I wanted to do that was because there's just so many pot groups out there. And... The term pot group, unfortunately, just kind of has a stink on it. There aren't a lot of 
hot groups that really do anything that's of much value. I mean, there's a lot of pot groups trying to pass some kind of law and whatever. We've talked about that. That's not why we're here. You know, our group is a civil rights group. We've talked about that over and over again. We're a civil rights group. We're supporting liberty. We're supporting equal protection of the law. We're protecting equal rights for all of us. Every single person should have the same equal rights. It's simple. It doesn't seem like it's a complicated thing, but go out there in the world and watch it be applied. And even though the law says it's that way, really, go out there. Be unlike some of the others and see how you get treated. See how it works. Because it doesn't work the same. And women don't get treated the same as men. And people that have one color don't get treated the same as another color, depending on where you go and what you're doing. You know, there's places that me as a white male can go and I'll get treated like shit because I'm a white male. And there's places where a black man or a black woman can go and they'll get treated like shit because they're a black man or a black woman. And it goes on and on and on. We have segregated ourselves uh, as society in a lot of ways, even though the law says that's not the way it is. And there's all kinds of glass ceilings and there's all kinds of of lacks of opportunity. And, you know, one of the disparities of of people are the difference between felons and non-felons. And it's being addressed a little bit in California with our social equity programs, which are largely bullshit, but it's something, you know. And we talk all the time about the, the, the difference between baby steps and their value and, and, and actually making some real substantial change. Well, as you know, or if you don't know, the human solution is about that real and substantial change. We're not about passing some law that lets some people have a license to do some things. We're not about that at all. I think that's bullshit. I think that that's not the way to go. And that's just what I think. But I happen to start a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and I got a whole bunch of people that stand with me that agree. So I'm entitled to that opinion. And if you think that some people should have a right to do things that other people don't have a right, please come on the show and tell me how and why. I keep asking for that. Nobody shows up. So until you do, I'm going to consider my opinion valid. And if somebody can come up and explain in a, in a practical, articulate, logical way that, no, actually, not everybody should have access to pot. Not everybody should be able to grow as much as they want. Not everybody should be able to make their own medicine. And not everybody should be able to sell it the way they want to. Not everybody should be able to drive with it, transport it, do those things. And tell me why. If you can do it, I'll change my opinion just like that right there. And I will modify our mission, as I've been known to do, if something can bring to light the truth. But in my opinion, the truth is simple. Equal rights for all, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, we all get it. <clears throat> we all get it the same, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what sex you are, it doesn't matter what sex you want to be. None of those things have anything to do with it, it doesn't matter what proclivities, what religions, what... Back, I don't give a damn about it. We all have the same, the same. And if what makes me happy is to grow a plant that doesn't hurt anybody anywhere... And I want to grow a lot of them. I want to grow 10,000 of them. What the hell does anybody care? 
And why should the law get in my way? And why should the law regulate this plant different than all the others? Why should the law say this plant should be taxed way more than everything else? Explain it to me why. If it's just to appease the government, then I say, go fuck yourself. Because why are we appeasing the government? What's the government going to do for us? As we get taxed and taxed and taxed into oblivion, what's it doing for us? How's it helping? Look around. I don't see anything the government's done for me, and I don't want the government doing anything for me. I'm not asking for anything from the government. So, you know, that's my point of view. This is my show, and I welcome you to bring on your point of view. Share with, share your thoughts if you think something different, especially I don't necessarily want to um, acquire a show. I don't want a bunch of people calling and saying, I agree with you. I want to hear something new, something different, something a little unique. But at the end of the day, hopefully what you have to bring to this show is going to in some way further the idea that we the people have these rights and that we have the power to make change to further our access to these rights. And sometimes it means we have to go past laws. Sometimes it means that. Sometimes it means we just change public sentiment. You know, for a long time we've had bad laws. And imagine what it would be like today if we had some of the laws on the book that we had in the past. Laws that made it a crime for a black woman and a white man to get married. We used to have laws like that. What about laws that forbade a woman Uh, from owning property. We used to have laws like that. What about a law that allowed one man to own another man? We used to have laws like that. And it goes on and on and on. A lot of bad, bad laws we've had. Now, if we today had a law like that, what would your mama tell you to do? Would she say, follow that law? Or would she say, oh, no, that's a bad law. We've got to disobey that law. That goes against our morals. That goes against the fabric of our society. That goes against what's right. I think any good mama would tell their child, you don't follow that law. You don't talk about it, but you don't follow that law. So why is it that for almost 100 years, we've had laws on the book that say you can't have pot? And yet, so many people across the country, they say, well, it's not legal. And they're okay to say, follow that law. There are people that have died. There are people, many, many, many people have died because they were afraid to take this medicine that could have helped them, that could have kept them alive. I was afraid because the law could cause harm. There are people who have lost their their freedom, they've lost their homes, they've lost their uh, their lives, they've lost their, their spouses, they've lost their jobs, they've lost it on and on and on, the losses, because they broke those laws and they got caught. I'm not saying it's without risk. But until we make the change that we need to make, don't we need to break these laws more? Isn't that the right thing to do? You know, there's still people locked up for pot. And I know, I keep hearing stories 
I keep hearing stories about, you know, in Sacramento they're going to expunge 9,000 records. Yeah, simple possession records. And you know when they're done with that, there's going to be 10,000 people still stuck with records that were for something a little more than what they expunged for. And everybody, instead of saying, wait, we got to keep going, are going to say, well, look what we did. We're going to rest on our laurels, and we're going to pat ourselves on the back and say, we're making progress. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't deny that we're, not, that we're making progress. But when does the progress need to be real? When does the progress need to be real? We have people locked up today that don't have any way to get out. We have people that are going to die in prison today. One of them hopefully is going to call into the show soon. He's usually calling in by now. I hopefully didn't get stuck on lockdown. It happens, and it's happening, and it's still happening. We have people that are never going to get out of prison unless we do something about it. And it's not a couple of people. It's a lot of people. And some of these people are old and crippled and tired. Some of these people are in wheelchairs. Some of these people are young, and they have children. And Obama didn't get them out, and it doesn't look like Trump's going to get them out, and it's going to take us. You know, there's not going to be some some Congress isn't going to pass some some reform that just does it. It's going to require a huge effort from us to say, you know what, we got to end it. Oh, here's Craig right now. We got to stop this. So let's see what Craig has to say about all of this. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from Frank Cecil. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, I'm looking at one of my <laughs> common viewers here. Okay. See out the window, there's snow. Then there's a whole bunch of razor wire and a fence, a guard tower, and then the rest of the world. <laughs> wow. That's uh, quite a sight. Yep, and uh, other than the snow, it, it never seems to change. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's been raining out here pretty much solid for the last for the last few days, and it's supposed to be raining most of the rest of the week, so... We're making up for a few years of drought, it looks like, out here. Yes, I heard some news that California seems to be getting what you got more than the annual amount of rain already this year, huh? Oh, we got, yeah, we, we're, we're way over our averages. We, we've gotten, I don't know, three or four times what we got last year already. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing, and uh, there hasn't been a huge amount of damage, so... It looks like uh, we're we're gonna get a reprieve from all the fires for a little while, for a little while at least. Well, hopefully the forest fires will stay down, and you might even be able to go out and water your grass this year. Huh? <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, the lawns may return for a little while. So what's uh what's been happening out at Terre Haute? You're uh, you're calling in kind of late. I was hoping that uh, you weren't getting locked out again. No, no, uh, here it's been fairly quiet, um, which is, which is good, uh, just because it's been cold outside, it's been, 
you know, 20 degrees or less. So guys are kind of stuck inside, and everybody's just trying to stay out of everybody's way. So uh, uh, that's about the best we can do with that. But uh, otherwise, I, from one, one thing I've been kind of surprised with is there's a whole lot of marijuana bills now in front of the U.S. Congress, apparently. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of the people that are really well informed, it seems as though a lot of those people are not happy with the bills as they exist. What's your what's your take on those, like the, the two 420 bills? Yeah, most of them fall way short. There's a couple of decent ones. I think Cory Booker's bill is a pretty good one. And, you know, there's there's a couple of good ones that, for all intents and purposes, repeal um, cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. But the ones that get all convoluted and regulatory and restrictive, unfortunately, you know, in a in a in a federal government that's already wrought with bureaucracy and all the problems that ensue, um, I don't think any of those would ever get out of committee, which none of them have yet. Anyways, uh, we haven't even come close to a vote on any of them. Um, I've looked back. You know, I go to Congress.gov pretty regularly, and there hasn't been one of these bills that have even come close to uh, uh, enough enough sponsors um, in enough committees to come up to the floor for a vote. I'm surprised nobody's been able to advance it in a committee when, you know, more and more of the states are moving forward, and uh, so many of these people represent states that, you know, would like to allow their marijuana businesses to do bankings, and, you know, in regular banks and, you know, buy regular insurance and do all the things that a normal business does. Well, I think what happens is um, when you start peeling the onion back, you start finding the lobbyist underneath the corners, and you start seeing the big lobby organizations, the big money that uh, is holding all of the legislation hostage one way or another, I think that's what you're going to find out is behind it. And I think that, unfortunately, like in California, where we passed a law that benefited only a handful of pretty wealthy people as a rule um, and, and, you know, taxed most normal people out of the ability to get good medicine, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that, you know, you have some big money that's poised to enter into the market, and they want to hold everybody else back and put a little crack in the door that's going to let them in and keep everybody else out. And that's unfortunately what I see, and that's why I advocate for the entire opposite. I say blow the damn wall down and let everybody in and let the market figure itself out. It's a safe substance. There isn't any way that anybody's going to die from whatever happens, and let there be a little chaos for a moment, you know, that it's good for the market. Well, as you know, I think uh, virtually every advocate I know just says for the federal government to pull it out of the Controlled Substance Act and leave it up to the states. If you have to, do it, you know, with some sort of transitional time period, but just let's call it from a federal prison. The federal government needs to get out of it, you know, like they're pretty much out of alcohol, except for, you know, a few regulations and even gambling. And, uh, you know, allow that to be the states, allow that to be the experts to control that. 
Well, I agree, and I think that that is um, that's what several of the bills would would propose. Um, you know, Dana Rohrbacher's bill that was stuck in committee for almost six years. Um, that's exactly what it said, and it was probably the best written bill that I'd seen. It was five lines. It was not a hundred pages, not a thousand pages. It was five lines, one paragraph. And it said in those simple words, you know, let the states figure out what they want to do, and that'll be the law of the land. And it, this is something that has always and should have always remained a state's right issue, not a federal issue for any reason. Right, right. Uh, one push I've seen is a bunch of the groups that are behind criminal justice reform. It seems like they're... They're battering around, you know, a few issues that they've been talking about for years in terms of changing mandatory minimum sentencing and that. But they, they all seem to be coalescing around, you know, let's the federal government get out of marijuana. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some support. And as I've talked to, with you before, a lot of people seem to be following a racial angle on it, which I actually don't like that because I think it, it makes us have to prove more than, you know, what we need to prove that, that, you know, makes us have to prove that there's some sort of racial bias in it. But yeah. I think, you know, the, the biggest push for marijuana ought to be people want to smoke marijuana. That's that. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting. I spoke with a, a black woman yesterday or a couple of days ago, and she has a women's organization. And, you know, she was talking about all of these people she knows and how much um, support she's getting. And, you know, I, I tried to broach that topic. You know, we were talking about, about um, you know, criminal justice reform. And, of course, the black male got brought up. And, and I said, you know, what if we were to go past all that, though? What if we were to just fix the problem and let it be fixed all the way across the board? And all the black men would, would benefit from it, but so would everybody else that got sucked into it. And, you know, she didn't have a problem with it. And I'm actually, uh, my wife brought it to my attention that I should think about, you know, raising the bar with her. She wants to do some business with me, and I'm going to see what I can do um, to bring her organization specifically to help you and Michael Thompson as you're two of the inmates that I've spent a lot of time with as as just two specific cases. Michael Thompson happens to be a black man. You happen to be a white man. Doesn't Let's matter from a federal to me, one way or the other. The only advantage... Go ahead. Sorry about that. The only advantage I see to a racial angle is that the media seems to like uh, anything that has a racial uh, aspect to it. You know, if you can say that, you know, uh, that somehow it, it's discriminatory, somehow, you know, the government's discriminatory, all that. You pull in a lot of that uh, media that, that loves to follow uh, racial issues. What? You know, as we've seen with the, the police and uh, racial issues and so many others, that maybe that's what we need to get, you know, the, the big media to, to follow marijuana. You know, let these people run with. You know, why are, you know, people of color or whatever, you know, why are why are there so many of those being arrested for different marijuana-related offenses? I mean, if it works, let's do it. 
Oh, I agree, and and it doesn't you know diminish that problem being that problem. I I'm not I'm not even you know uh, implying that that's not a gigantic problem. Um, you know, I just I try to keep where we're standing, you know, on the on the on the the highest moral ground in that what's wrong is wrong, and it's just it's wrong across the board to everybody that touches it. And you know, I just uh, I, I hate watering things down, or 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 throwing a little extra fuel on the fire. But from your point of view, I understand if it makes it work, if it gets some people engaged and involved, then you know why wouldn't you do it? Um, and you know, I ad I advocate for by whatever means it takes. You know, let's 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 give it a whirl. I I, I have no no problem you know exploiting that as long as it doesn't keep somebody else. Um, you know, from being able to uh, to benefit as well. Um, you know, and part of this whole thing is when you get uh, a hype, and unfortunately, I hate to to, to say it's a hype because it's it's a it's a centuries old problem. It's not just a hype; it's a real centuries old, deep seated problem. <clears throat> but when it becomes in vogue, you get these idiots like this actor going out there and getting himself beat up or whatever happened. I don't know what actually happened, but it sort of seems that that might have happened. In 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 order to take advantage of that situation. And I think to myself, you know, you got you got copycat serial killers that that you know mimic horrific acts because somebody else did it and got attention for it. You got all kinds of, of people um, you know, taking advantage of a of a media twist on things. I just hate to see that that kind of thing happens. I I, ha- I hate to see how many people are going to get accused of things they didn't do because of the Me Too movement. Um, you know, these are all things that I'm not saying the Me Too movement's not valid at, in any way, and I think that women have been horribly uh, taken advantage of throughout all of history, all the way up into the present day, in every way that a man could. But that doesn't mean that every man did it. And that doesn't mean that every man did it just because a woman said she did. And that's the problem, is you lose justice when you start getting caught up in these sort of in vogue causes. I just read a legal case tonight of a guy that's here. And... uh... And I'm afraid that this may be a new vehicle for him. Is this this guy was suspected to be a, a methamphetamine dealer? And they searched his home, they searched his car, they did all kinds of things. They couldn't find any methamphetamine, but their confidential informants kept saying that you know he's a dealer. So what they eventually found is him and his wife both had both had some marijuana. So they ended up arresting him federally for the marijuana. And when it came time to sentence him, and the federal sentencing laws are based on how much of what kind of drug. What they did is, he's looking at a very small sentence for the amount of marijuana he had. They added in what's called relevant conduct. And that's just based on rumor what, you know, drug activity the person was also involved in. Well, they piled on all kinds of methamphetamine that they never found that you know, nobody ever said, you know, I, that they seen this person with it or anything else. Just basically, based on gossip, but they piled on all this 
what's called relevant conduct, and came up with a uh, 19-year sentence for him. Wow. <laughs> so they're really using the marijuana just as a vehicle to get him into court and then sentencing him for whatever he wants. Wow. That sounds like the federal government to me. Well, there's your first beep already, Craig, so I'm going to go ahead and let you carry it home. Well, but I'm, I'm just hoping that everybody will still continue, as D.D. and others have done, to uh, get a hold of our congressmen. Uh, let's, let's change, especially our marijuana law, our marijuana uh, imprisoning laws that make them so that at the very worst, they carry up to 20 years in prison uh, as a violent crime, a non-murder violent crime. Let's, let's reform these uh, drug laws and make them more reasonable, more... Uh, proportionate to the crime. I couldn't agree with you more, Craig, and I know that a lot of us have done just that, and um, we're going to continue to advocate for that. And, um, you know, we've got you on the website as a call to action, and, you know, um, that's what we're here to do. All right, so we got Scott and Nikki. They need to uh, jump on the line here uh, so they can get on the road, and we haven't heard yet from uh, Jonathan Windyboy, who's supposed to be our guest today. Um, and my concern is maybe he didn't have the right contact information for the show. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, Sergio, who uh, coordinated this whole thing, got everything that he needed. So we'll see what happens. Um, Anyways, here's Scott and Nikki, chapter coordinators from the Rock and Fire chapter of Central California. Scott and Nikki, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Yes, okay. Uh, Tom Corby here, and uh, we're in, in, around here, table here with Doc Allen and Donna Shear, Frank, and, and Scott and Nikki. Nice to have. Hey, Joe. Hey. How's it going? How you guys doing? Pretty good. good. Pretty good. That's fun. Having me with you with uh, Tom and, and Donna and and Frank, yes, and I'm glad you guys are finally able to meet. And, and, and the doctor. And Dr. Dr. Allen. Excellent, excellent. So we went, we showed for the court support this morning. You know, it was cold and rainy and all that good stuff. It's beautiful now outside. Um uh, you know that we it, it was the case was dismissed and he's gonna have to repeal it I'm sure for you know a church or whatever but um I don't I don't know what what else really to say it it was a dismissed case but yeah he he was representing himself so it didn't really go down too well the judge had said that this case has already been settled in another court so he was wanting him to bring up something new. So the judge could look at because it was old and the judge said there's already a ruling. So, I mean, unless he has something else to go on, it's He just wasn't, wasn't quite, quite prepared. You know, it's hard to represent yourself, but, um, it, but he tried and, and we'll see how it goes if when, when he appeals the, the excessive fees, I guess that's going to come at him for the attorney fees. But, so, well, so that's what you know, they did. They just. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. I, I was just saying that's what they did. They dismissed it. 
Right, right. And, you know, unfortunately, um, without exception, every single time I've seen any of our people defend themselves pro per, pro se, it's never gone well. And I think that um, the people that have chosen to do that have a lot of heart and a lot of passion. Yes. But, you know, you got to learn the rules of court. And, you know, that's what lawyers do. They spend a lot of time in court. They go through law school. They pass the bar. They have to learn all those little details. And that's why the court pays attention to them, because they follow the damn rules. And, unfortunately, just because somebody did you wrong doesn't mean you get to make things up your own way um, and file something because you think it belongs there. There's a there's a system that you have to follow, and I exactly. I, I gave Steve a lot of uh, respect and time for doing it, but as soon as he said he was pro se proper, I just my heart kind of sank because yeah. my thought was that he's probably going to put a lot of time in preparing something that might not be applicable, and uh, he didn't tell us that right. this case had already been settled and dismissed. Um, the way that it had. But at the end of the day, yeah. even if we do that and fail every time, if more of us did it and failed, it would teach more of us how to do it and more people would start to be successful. So I salute Steve and you guys for going out there, and I would do it every single time, even if we failed every single time, because we got to yep. stand right. up and we'll fight. Be back. We'll be back for the pill if he needs us. You know, if he feels it, we'll be right. back to stand with him. Um, well, that's, yeah. he's a good guy, and, um, you know, I believe he's been wronged, and I think that he was singled out. I don't know what the answer was to fix it, but, um, you know what, if you don't get out there and try, you don't even have a chance. So we're going to take our hats <laughs> off to him for getting out there and, and, and running up the flagpole, and, and, you know, hopefully we learn something about what to do next time or what not to do next time, and We'll keep on going. But you guys you guys wait, carried our banner and, uh, you know, showed the, the little town of Reading that we're still alive and well and there's still people out there making a difference. So uh, I wish That's more right. of the people that we have up there would stand up and, and help out more. But things are what they are, and, and hopefully maybe it'll uh, what you guys did will be contagious. Yeah, right. and all, all we can do is keep on plugging, Joe. Yep, you got it. That is the name of the game. You keep on plugging, and eventually you get there. I mean, we had five people with ribbons on in the courtroom, so that looked pretty good, all lined up. So. And, and the judge was pretty it. patient because, you know, um, Steve is a little long-winded, and so he did sit and, and listen to him. Yeah, he did listen. Because we were well, all sitting there that's staring good. at him. <laughs> he, gave, he, gave him the, he did give him the time of day. It's just things weren't addressed right, yeah. um, you know, for what right. legally legally be done, so there wasn't much yeah. he could well, do. Well, at least uh, at least the judge wasn't rude to him and didn't just cut him off. No, no, he wasn't. He, he, wasn't. he was very, very nice. Yeah, he was very gave him the time, let him talk, and say what he needed to say. And I thought thought that was great. He couldn't yeah. really he couldn't really be upset at that. Yeah. Well, that's good. Okay. You know, that's that's at least uh, we we gained some ground there because it doesn't always happen that way. So, well, thank you guys right. for being up there, and I'm really glad you guys got to meet the NorCal team, and uh, it warms my heart when uh, when our when our 
our chapters get to come across paths and and the folks get to meet each other. It's good. It's good work. Yes, can't wait till we can all meet up. And, and we were able to meet Tom and yes, and Donna and and tell them what we're doing with about Nicole and her stroke and how to how to yeah yeah absolutely help. that's some more good work too yeah. And she looks really good. She looks really good. Well, Donna's a sweetheart. <laughs> we love her to death. And I just want to I just want to see her up there doing a jig again before too long. Yeah, yep. that's the plan. Awesome, awesome. All right. I got some all-natural beeswax for Liz from the bee lady. You hear that, Joe? Did you hear that? That was Donna. Hello, Donna. Hi. Yeah, I've got you some natural beeswax. All right. Ten pounds Yum. of it. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. There's a lady that sells honey along the side of the road. You can get honey and and you can get uh, bee pollen from her, that's and you can get the wax. At least well, we'll Frank did that too. one. Yeah, he, we'll make some. Yeah, I know you. Would. <laughs> Especially the all natural, the natural stuff. Oh, yeah, you betcha. We'll make something nice and pretty for you. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're continuing to get better, Donna, and um, I'm looking forward to getting up there before too long to come and see you guys. Looking forward to seeing you and Liz, too. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. I'm glad you're back home. All right. Yeah, me, too. Okay. That's an easy place to get into, but a hard place to get out of. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that, was, that ain't no joke. <laughs> easy place to get in, but hard to get out. <laughs> but she's out. All right. Okay, Joe. Uh, Frank's hands here. Dr. Alnus, they would like to say a little something real quick. Hey, Joe. Sure, sure. Bring it on. How's it going? Good evening, Joe. This is Dr. Allen. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I'm doing better and better. Excellent. I'm uh, getting ready to go back into the belly of the beast. I heard. I heard. Wow. So you got to fight pretty bad? My property's intact. I'm going to try to homestead it and uh, keep it from being seized. Oh, oh good. Got to take a stand. I love it. So we'll see. I don't get the IRS. You're going to get the IRS? Yeah. Well, I, I wish you the very, very best. and let Just let me know if there's anything we can do to help. Well, hopefully you won't have to uh, be be supporting my court cases anymore. anymore. I hope not. <laughs> One day I hope not to have to support anybody's court cases because there won't be any more. Hopefully that'll happen sometime. But uh, so I'm just going to try to play nice down there and see what happens. 
Well, let's. Uh, so, you have my my support. If there's anything we can do, just let me know. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Yes, thanks, you Joe. And then we have we have Jackie Cordova here. She's helped us so much. And uh, she might want to say hello. Hi, I'm from Orange County, Santa Ana. I rep Santa Ana. I've been there for the last 25 years. We're involved in all the cleaning up the political corruption in Orange County, which is also the belly of the beast. And now I'm up here with Tom and Doc. I know all about it. Oh, good. The orange curtain. Perfect. So I'm up here uh, prayer tying all this together, The like the traveling medicine woman on the spiritual side of things, uh, tying all of this story together for the final oh, curtain. Yeah, it's well, very exciting to watch here. all this. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I love all the work that you guys have done. Thank you so much. Well, we got a long right. way to go, right. but that's kind of what it's all about. We're trying to Trying to drive the final nails into it, knock the wall down. Well, that's right, Joe. And we never, we never make plea deals. We always take them to trial. We always get all our discovery. We always find, file the nine-nine dismiss probable cause motion. And in that case, there, there's also, there's also. Uh, entrapment. When you think about it, when, when if there's no probable cause, they're entrapping you. And when we also, what we always want to do in all cases is we want to go ahead and file our injunction in a lawsuit, although it doesn't apply until you win your case. And of course, that's civil. Now, a lot of a lot of our attorneys, uh, even Tully, will not take civil. Uh, some attorneys actually do all three, even land. And uh, I want to thank Joe and Mary, Becca, Lisa, and all those in the front line, always coming together to end prohibition, free all our POWs. No one should be going to jail for our plant. And don't forget to breathe. Uh, yeah. Don't forget to breathe. Yeah, don't forget to breathe, Donna. Donna, that's Donna. And uh, I could probably come back in at the end of the show. I have something else to share if if that's appropriate. If not, I want to thank you all today, Joe. And I also want to thank all the all the wishes, my happy birthday wishes. And uh, we're doing a little potluck poker. Thanks, Joe, and all uh, everybody. Okay. Um, I'll come in later. Otherwise, uh, thanks. Thank you all today. And all right, uh, Scott, Nick, yeah. and Tom, and Donna, and, and uh, Frank, and Jackie, and uh, Dave. Uh, it was good talking to y'all, and uh, we'll see how the rest of the show plays out. All right. So again, uh, Jonathan Windy Boy. Not sure where you are. Hopefully, you're gonna make it. Uh, we don't have some kind of a time. Uh, uh, time zone issue um, Worst case scenario He'll come on next week So uh, I got Pete Yapel on the line We're going to bring him up And then uh, as you might suspect I've got a few more things to talk about And uh, we'll see where we go
Pete Yapel, uh, Pete and Helen Yapel, uh, again, as I mentioned, amazing couple, and um, they're just doing such good work in New York. And we just got to see each other in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, these guys figured out how to get their podcast radio show onto live TV, and they literally do their show every week on public access, live TV, regular mainstream TV show. And we still haven't figured out even where our our station is out here on the West Coast, but these guys, uh, I think Pete just got nominated for vice president of the of the organization now. So these guys have not only gone from when I was out there in New York, I don't know, six months ago maybe, we went and saw our first taping of a show. We were guests on a hack show. It was it was the worst experience ever, but they got their little teeny foot in the door in this studio, and the next thing you know, they own the place. Um, blows me away what's happened out there. So, Pete, uh, tell us what's going on in New York City. <laughs> hey, Joe, that was the hackest show, I I swear. And that was, honestly, it was almost a year ago. It was last April, believe it or not. Uh, wow. May, April, April or May, yeah. It's been a yeah. year, yeah. It's, yeah. it's been crazy. Been a crazy year too. Been a great year. First off, before I forget, I want to say happy birthday to Tom Corby. Uh, today's Tom's birthday. Uh, if anybody didn't know, and I wanted to wish him a happy birthday, and yeah. glad he was on the line. Uh, yeah, they're doing great work out there. Helen right now is uh, actually right now updating our website, putting all the Willow Creek Springs products on there individually, so people can look at them um, to bolster business. We've been growing and going crazy out here again out today. we've been out every day yeah lots of uh, again lots of interest and we do it the right way because we do it the, we do it a different way than anybody else we offer the product and we offer the knowledge and we train the staff while we're there we let the people know what they're selling because we found everywhere you go here in new york you can walk into any store that has cbd products and you can ask do you sell cbd products yes well can you tell me anything about them they don't, yeah, it's 90 bucks or this is 75 and this is, you know, they know zero about their product. And so we're trying to offer them that. And as far as the human solution goes, gosh, you know, Russ, we're, we're, we got a letter from Mario Cuomo in the mail yesterday because I wrote for a, a, an audience with him. And he, um, I got a return letter back from the Department of Health for some reason. I guess he felt that they needed to talk to me. Um, because we we said, listen, with all this upcoming talks about legalization here in New York and this, that, and the other thing, you need somebody with cannabis experience involved. I mean, you have zero people on your committee that know anything about cannabis or the plant in general, anything about it. Uh, so you need some kind of mind. So can we speak to you? At least just give you our input. And uh, we got a letter back that said that they had that meeting in January of 2018. <laughs> Yet we still don't have to law. Now, another thing quick, too, for those in New York, because we talk about legalization, you know, it's the worst word in our home. We hate our, our, that word in our home. Uh, you know, you walk into my house, it smells like pot. It's supposed to, uh, and it always will. But, uh, you, you know, we, we hear this word legalization. Ending prohibition is the only way. Now, New Yorkers got upset really badly the other day when they read the headline of an article because this is what people do. They read the headlines. They don't read the meat of the article. And the headline of the article said the GOP in New York is going to fight Mario Cuomo for legalizing cannabis for adult use in New York. And everybody's up in arms. Oh, BS, we want legalized the cannabis. Read the article. They said, no, we want to decriminalize cannabis. 
So they want to do something even better. So stop reading the convoluted headline. Read the meat of the story, and maybe you might get behind something real instead of downing something that some a guy that wrote an article that's against cannabis wrote. Come on, man. Uh, th- that's what it's about, and that's why we do our TV show. And we did an, we our uh, show that's showing this week has a feature piece on the human solution in there. Uh, all of our board are on there, and all the members are uh, that have made pieces of why we are part of the solution. Well, Elise put together a really nice piece with all of our clips, and y'all can v- view that on our YouTube right now, actually, um, if you want to. The Canada We Talk 420 uh, on YouTube. And, um, you know, that's what we keep doing. We just keep trying to you know, keep the movement moving. You know, when we get these off election years, we kind of get stagnant. Uh, we got to keep fighting every day, and we got to stop accepting crumbs, everybody. Ending prohibition is the only solution. I cannot travel from state to state as a patient with my medication and not be a criminal. You understand the, the, how, how screwed up that is even? Even if you have the right in your own state, now you're captive in a cage to your own state by their rules, and you can only ingest, as they say, buy what they say you can buy from. When you can actually buy this plant, produce this plant, manufacture this plant, do everything you want to do with this plant on your own. So that's why we have to end this. Totally crazy. Well, I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and, uh, you know, one day I'll have me a TV show, too. <laughs> I can't wait, man, and you're always welcome on ours. We're going to find a way. Uh, we were talking with Dino, and uh, we're trying to coordinate a way where we can, like, set up our 50-inch screen TV in there and Skype you in like they do on network. We just have to figure uh, out the digitality in that, and then we'll just do a, you know, me and you will do a piece. We'll just do a quick piece, you know. Uh, you but know. what we are doing, and what I'd love your permission for, if you don't mind while I have you on here, is I would like to take pieces from Cup of Joe and insert them into Can We Talk in certain shows well, where, you know, where it's necessary. I have some pretty strict rules about my content, and I'll explain sure. them to you as follows. Anything I've ever published in any way, shape, or form ever is open source. You can take anything I've ever done and do anything you want with it. You know, and I love you. <laughs> That's all I got, man. I just fucking love That's you. That's my rule. when I go back to what works. She goes, because Joe's my twin. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's enough stuff out there that doesn't work and, and, and works less good. My, my goal with everything I do is for it to be the very best possible way, whatever it is. Right. And, and mm-hmm. that has to do with not only the ease of doing it, but the quality of doing it and everything about that. So, you know, I, we only have so many days left to work on this planet, and I'd like to enjoy a few of them while I'm doing it. Luckily, I enjoy my work, so it works out kind of easy. But at the end of the day, I watch people, you know, how many hours a, a year do we spend looking for our shit because we didn't put it in the right place? 
How many hours right. a year do we spend arguing about stupid shit because we didn't bother keeping our heart and our heads in the right place? How many hours a year do we waste, you know, doing things that didn't work because we didn't bother to read the directions or listen to the person who told us? You know, it just goes on and on and on. And I think yeah. to myself, well, what if we just did shit the best way? You know, sure. we'd get more time to do the things we want to do, whatever they might be. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, listen, before we get off, I just want to ask everybody, this is such a positive group, and we have this great energy. Can we just please send it to Florida to our friend Marty? Marty is a member yeah. of Human Solution and very sick at this point in time. And, and I, you know, she has my heart, man, and and. I, I just wish every, I just if everybody could just please just keep her and Joe in her thoughts and your thoughts. Yeah, Marty, Marty's a wonderful person, and I haven't had right. a chance to meet her in person yet, but I I hope to do that. But um, we've been working with Marty now for coming up on a year, and she's been a member of the organization for a long for a while now, and uh, she's just been very supportive, even though her health is not, and she's been in and out of the hospital since I've known her. And, um, you know, she's fighting the fight, though. She's got the best attitude. She's got the best smile. And she's got a good heart, and we love her. So, you know, put your thoughts thoughts and prayers to Marty. She needs them. You bet. You bet. All right, you guys. So, uh, once again, in case somebody uh, wants to jump in and help in New York, how do they reach you? They can reach us on Facebook at Solidarity Over Separation, the Human Solutions Chapter in New York. Uh, or they can reach out to us at 845-522-3162 or always at canowetalk42smallo.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Mary, can you check uh, the caller area code 612? I don't know if that's Jonathan, but we got 20 minutes left in the show, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, he makes it through here. So, um, all right. Pete and Helen, always a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. All right, so, um, you know, we talked about Jonathan Windy Boy, and um, whether he makes it on the show today or not, I don't know. Um, but I want to talk about justice. And, you know, I mentioned a couple of things that are probably pretty poignant, you know. What what would happen if a woman falsely accused a man in holding office of inappropriate behavior in this climate today where people are looking for men to hang? And it doesn't take anything away from all the cases that are real. You know, the thing is about justice is justice is blind. It's blind. It doesn't see. And if justice is really there, it it has a scale, and it and it weighs both sides to any story onto it, and it has the balance of the law, the balance of righteousness, and it doesn't see it doesn't see your color, it doesn't see your 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 age, it doesn't see your sex, it doesn't see anything about you, it weighs the case on its merit as it is, and. I just want to say this is this is very important to remember. And it's it's difficult because as I said from all time since the first man took advantage of the first woman probably happened you know less than a generation after the first 
Man met the first woman. People's nature is dark. We take advantage of each other. It's just historically the way it is. And it doesn't mean everybody does it. It doesn't mean everybody does it equally. It doesn't mean that uh, everybody has this darkness, but enough people do that says it's there, it's real, it's a problem. And when people get power, they take advantage of, of people that have less power. It's a human nature thing. Look throughout all of history, all of history. You'll see it. It's prevalent. It's everywhere. And, you know, just recently it's come to light in the in the Hollywood scene. It's sad. It's horrific. Lives have been destroyed over it. But it doesn't mean that every man has that in his heart. It doesn't mean that every man in a position of power is going to abuse that power. It doesn't mean that. And it's important for us, if we're going to be really fighting for what's right, to remember that. Because it's easy to get caught up in hysterics. It's easy to to get into the, the, the frenzy mentality. And people will take advantage of that. And I just want to remember, you know, we have to use our hearts and our minds equally. We have to weigh the situation out as a true situation. We can't just make an assumption. And I want to uh, bring a point, you know. Ten years ago, I was accused of many things I didn't do. And there was a guy, probably still is, I don't know, guy's name is Rich Anderson, and he was an employee at my dispensary, my collective, and he managed one of my three stores. I had three stores at the time. And he was a friend of my partner's, and I didn't really like him, but he was a friend of my partner's, so I worked with him best as I could. And uh, he was always butting heads with me, and I'm a pretty easy-to-get-along-with guy, and I, I cross the board everywhere I go all my life. I've gotten along pretty easy with people. But this guy, for whatever reason, he, he, he crossed me everywhere he could. And he didn't want to do things the way we did them. He just had his own thing he wanted to do, and he always thought somehow I was trying to undermine him or something. I'm not quite sure what it was about. But one day I showed up, and I discovered that, you know, he's drinking on the job, and we're a cannabis collective, dispensing medicine to people that, that deserved it under the, the law in California at the time. And we did our very best to be law-abiding at the time. And um, I found out that that happened, and I said, hey, you know, you can't do that. So I gave him a verbal warning. And then uh, found out he was also doing pharmaceutical uh, drugs. Um, supposedly under the guidance of his doctor, but he was obviously impaired a couple of times when I came over there, and I finally gave him a written warning. I said, you know, you gotta, you can't, you can't be like this. You're supposed to be running a store and um, in charge of employees, and you know, you gotta be together. So he signed his his warning, and I thought, well, you know, whatever happens, at least I've got evidence. And then finally, it happened a third time, and I fired him. And I've told this story before, but today I think it's a good day to tell it because of what's going on with Jonathan. And I uh, didn't think anything about it, and he kind of smiled, and he walked out the door. Never thought I'd 
see him again. Honestly, I didn't think any reason I should. And then uh, I get raided, and over time, you know, we the the complaint was sealed, and so we had to file a motion to unseal the complaint. And we got the complaint. Turned out, guy Rich Anderson had uh, made up a story, called the cops, told the cops that uh, he had in intimate knowledge of dangerous and illegal activity going on at these premises, and he feared for his life, and that's why he had to call the cops. And that incited them to uh, launch this investigation, thinking that we were some kind of, you know, criminal drug lords. We were the El Chapo of our time, according to the to the law enforcement. And I thought to myself when, when I saw this, I'm like, wow, you know, this guy is a drunk and a drug addict, and I fired him because of it. I have proof. I go, what, what's his word going to be worth? Well, <laughs> turns out when the cops raid you, their job is to seize all the evidence and then weigh the evidence out and decide if they have a case. But it turns out that's not really what happens. It turns out what the cops do is they take all the evidence and then they keep the evidence that builds their case. And if there's any evidence that would help your case, which they call exculpatory evidence, sometimes it disappears. Sometimes it gets damaged and destroyed. It might be there, might not be there. Well. It turned out that this particular file that would have undermined his case and probably would have changed the course of my life, cops didn't know anything about. It just disappeared. Well, I didn't have many copies of it because I didn't think I needed them. I think you just have one, you know, one original, one copy. You wouldn't think you'd need any more than that. Well, I thought to myself, well, if he just gets up on the stand and tells the truth, i got nothing to worry about. But that's not what happened. So during the course of my 18-day trial, 18 days on the stand, it was a month-long actual trial, Rich Anderson spent, I believe, two days on the stand, two full days testifying. And there were very few words that came out of his mouth that were actually true. This man lied over and over and over and over and again. Some of it was just fabricated stories. Some of it was some truths that got turned a certain way that made it look different than that they actually happened. But it was all told in a very specific way to make me appear guilty of something I wasn't guilty of. And I remember sitting up there on that stand thinking to myself, this is, I mean, I just wanted to scream. I wanted to jump up there and tear this guy's throat out, but... I'm in court. That wouldn't go over so well, now would it? I'm in a place where justice is supposed to happen, in a system where justice is supposed to happen. And this was a white man going after a white man. Didn't have anything to do with race. Didn't have anything to do with religion. Didn't have anything to do with sexual proclivities. Didn't have anything to do with gender. Didn't have anything to do with any of this. Just one asshole trying to take down another one personal grudge, a vendetta. That's what started this whole case. And I thought to myself, when this happened, man, the power of accusation. And then the second thing that happened was a prominent 
activist at the time. I remember this guy. This guy actually recently had a case that was asking for support, lots of support. Everybody stand up and rooting for this guy. But I can remember at the time that it happened, at the time that it happened, I was accused initially of, of thieving power. It was one of my charges. Eventually they dropped that charge because they discovered, actually they didn't have a case. I didn't steal power. But they claimed initially that I did. And this activist, I can remember on a public forum when there was discussion about my case and about whether I was worthy of support or not, and this guy came out and lambasted me. This is the guy who's supposed to be a a brother, a guy who was famous on a TV show. And he accused me of stealing power, something, again, I didn't do. And I thought to myself, wow, this is the world we live in. So our words are important. Our words are so important. And justice is so important. And liberty is so important. And, and imagine if we lived in a world where this stuff actually had a chance to be. And so when I hear about a man who gets accused of something and he says he didn't do it, and I look online and I search about this guy and I couldn't find anything that says he might have done it, I say, well, you know what? That's worthy of our cause. So just giving you a little background on uh, how I feel about this and, 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 you know, what this is really about. This is about righteousness and it's about justice. And if you spend a lot of time in court, you will not see a lot of justice. You will see a lot of law and a lot of legal things happen, and you will see a lot of things, but you will not see a lot of justice, maybe once in a while, but it's not the rule. It's not the not the law of the land as it's supposed to be. All right, folks, um, we're coming down to the end of our 90 minutes, as we said we were going to do. Um, I got David from Minnesota on the line. I don't think I know David, so let's see what David has to say. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, sir. Thanks for shake my call. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I know you, but welcome. Yeah, thank you. I was really, actually really enjoying, you know, listening to your story, and it's uh, really sorry that happened to you, man. It sounds like it's a pretty rough time for you there. Um, I just wanted to point out the kind of parallels what we saw happen to the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know if you remember that back in, I think it was August or September. And it was a sure. similar thing where it was like, here you had this guy who prior to his nomination had like, was known for having like this great record and everyone that he worked with had always said something positive about him and everything. Like he had done a lot to help women and all that. And it was like, all of a sudden he gets nominated as a conservative justice. And it was just all these women just pop up out of nowhere and claim all these unbelievable things. And then we come to find out weeks later that several of the women were on record claiming that they just made the whole thing up. And so like the whole country saw it. It it was damning to his, to his situation and people will never look at him the same, regardless of what really happened or didn't. There's plenty of people that convicted him in their hearts just because somebody said something. Exactly. And it was like, um, but part of it was also kind of inspiring to the country because when you, when that day came when, you know, Susan uh, Ford made her testimony, then he gave his testimony after. I felt like all the people that actually witnessed it and saw it, you could feel the power in what he said. I mean, it, and it was so obvious that she was just making it up. Anyone could, who saw it could tell 
she looked like someone who was mentally disturbed. But the, the, what he said and the way he said it, I feel like galvanized the country. Because people could tell this guy was an innocent man that was simply being attacked for political reasons. And it was being done at a time when the Me Too movement was pretty much at its peak to where women could accuse a man of basically anything. And the assumption is that you had to believe her no matter what, regardless of the evidence. And that a man had to be presumed to be guilty before innocent, before proven innocent in, in, in their eyes. And so I feel like the country's seen that and we understand that. And it's clear that there's one side of this country politically that is allowed to regularly engage in this double standard against their political opponents. And it's for whatever reason, they can continue to do it with reckless abandon and no one ever calls them on it. And I just wonder if you noticed that as well. Well, I, I, I see just a, a, a I see a, a, a toxic waste pool in our government right now, and, and unfortunately, I see a, 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 the last four administrations. It just seems to get worse and worse and worse. And whatever they have the most power, the other side seems to use everything they have to to do what they can to undermine them and I, I I do see a lot of times it seems that it's on one side more than another but it also if you, if we're honest about it I, I see it happen on both sides in a, in a in a pretty horrific way and I think that what's happened is we've lost touch with our humanity and our government and I think that the only thing that has happened is the power has become uh, the currency, and it's the only currency, it seems. And it seems that these people um, are, are, for lack of a, of a better term, these people uh, have, have kind of sold their souls for this, for this political world. And it seems that uh, what, I'm, what I'm noticing, and it, and it carries across into the media on both sides as well, is they're willing to do anything to, to, to stake their claim, to get, to get their peace. And I think what's happening is there are good people that are in politics and there are good people trying to get into politics. And I think that this, this scorch earth, you know, no quarter uh, system of politics that we're in right now is actually keeping good people from being able to, uh, uh, to participate because what happens is every single one of us has some little thing some little thing that, that maybe was a, 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 an indiscretion or a bad call when they were young or, or said something that could have been taken a certain way. There's probably nobody that doesn't have something. And we now live in a world where everything's recorded and everything has got a transcript. And it seems that if you dig hard enough and you spin it just right, you can make anybody look unbelievable. And it seems that now we have this sort of policy of, of, you know, make your own truth up. Just say what you want and, and find a way to uh, spin it and get enough people to believe it. Say it loud enough and long enough, and it, and it becomes fact. And I, I, I think we need to get back to some basics. I think, I think that we need to get back to some core issues and actually start to work to solve problems, because meanwhile our problems haven't gotten any better. Isn't that kind of why the Republicans nominated Trump in the first place? Like, based on what you were I saying so. there, because, yeah, because before it was like they would nominate guys like Mitt Romney or a John McCain, and they would try to find, like, the nicest person possible who was like a boy scout. 
and then you would just see right. the media would just tear that person apart, and they would make him out to be yep. the next Hitler. So I feel like Republicans just said, screw it. Instead of looking for a nice guy, let's get a bad guy that can, who's willing to fight the media and is not afraid to do it. And to his credit, you got to give Trump credit. The one thing, even if you disagree with him and don't like him, the man isn't afraid to take on the media. I've never seen a politician have an absolute lack of fear of the media. Like most politicians I see, they're terrorized of the media. Like they're, they're terrified of them. Yeah, yeah no, that's great on that. I'll give you that. So, you know, that, and, and I think that I, I tend to not have a lot of real political discussions on this show because it's so galvanized and, and it's, it's hard to have a real common sense conversation with without being hardcore on one side or the other. But I, my point has always been with Trump, I don't think the Republicans wanted Trump. I think the people picked him because he was not Hillary, because he was not the establishment. And you know what? People got that. They wanted it, and they got it. Now, they don't know that they necessarily expected him to uh, come out and be how he's been, but it doesn't matter. That's what he, I think that's what they wanted. They wanted something that wasn't the status quo. They didn't want the government as it's been. And you know what? I think, uh, and I've talked to, to this about a lot of people that are, that are. you know, I'm a libertarian by my own nature, you know, and I think both parties have really gone gone far astray from, from their core values. But the, the point is, is I think that the good thing that comes out of Trump is that he's shaking the tree and he's shaking it hard, and I think that there's a lot of um, um, people waking up and they they're deciding to participate. They're deciding to care enough uh, to have an opinion today. And it looks like I lost Dave, but um, you know, I, I, I'm not a political talk show. By uh, we come to the end of our 90 minutes. Uh, no Jonathan Windy Boy today. I'm going to try to figure out what happened to him. Um, I'm going to give Tom Corby the last word, though. We're going to go a couple seconds long. It's Tom's birthday, and he said he had a little something else he wanted to say. So, Tom Corby, you get the last word. Welcome back. Don't yell my ear about that shit. Tom Corby. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Are we back on? Yeah, last word oh, here. Did. We're doing a 90-minute show today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, my phone's almost dead. I can't find a white cord. Sue said, that's racist, Tom. <laughs> the iPhone cord. So I, go, I might go dead. Uh, I'm going to come to the station. Talk while you can. We're not men, men, we're not men and women of brevity. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, Well, we come for civil rights cases also, and this is uh, uh, my my chiropractor for years. My chiropractor for years uh, injured. uh, Another chiropractor took over the office and promised 50-50 on on the take and uh, never paid her. And I went in the other day for a chiropractor treatment. It was closed up. And what he did is took all her equipment, never paid her, and moved to Yuba City. And then right away they were freaking out. Like when a, when a defendant gets out of jail, they're freaking out. Right away I calmed him down. 
Now they got an attorney uh, getting discovery any kind of and, uh, uh, going to start filing motions. And it looks good that this this person, this is not only criminal, this is the grand larceny, and also civil. So uh, we always file our injunction and uh, lawsuit. And even if, uh, if what it does is we throw everything at them we can, we make them sick of us. And when you, when you we start talking about we're going to sue you, uh, they have yours to you finally. So, uh, I have an appointment with them, um, and I'm going to sit down and advocate with an attorney. Now, this is what we do. The first thing I told her also is start a statement and start writing down every you think, everything you can think of to happen. Also, if you have with attorney a meeting, you want to turn your recorder on. So, this is what we do in the human solution. We advocate for civil rights cases. If there's no victim, how can there be a crime? The goal and the vision, no matter what you think of your friend, Joe, me, not about us. The goal and vision is to finally end prohibition the failed war on cannabis and free all our POWs. If you had not gone for the, to jail for this plant like Joe and I and all of us, you certainly don't want to. So come join us, help be the solution to end prohibition, and be sure that these are our historical shows. Now, I'm ready to hear Willie, and I'm so proud that he's a member of the Human Solution. And I want to thank you all today, and of course, don't forget to breathe. And when you breathe, breathe it in deep, breathe all that good in, and then let all the guilt, shame, pain, let it out the bottom, and don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. All right. You bet. Tom Corby, folks, happy birthday to Tom. And i got one last quick announcement. Uh, the Human Solution website has been and is being updated. Um, so this show is uh, featured on the front page of the Human Solution, T-H-S-I-N-T-L.org, we have a new calendar, um, and you can submit an article or, uh, I'm sorry, an event on the calendar now. Um, and finally, this is kind of some cool news. Um, one of our board members and our screener, Noncompliant Mary, uh, has very generously agreed to donate a bunch of art pieces that she has. She used to have an art gallery, and I've been to her place, and it's like a magical elven forest. It's a, the, the most uh, amazing, eclectic bit of whimsical, amazing artwork. Anyways, I don't know which pieces she's donating, but um, she has a number of pieces that she's going to be donating, and uh, they're going to be featured on the site, and you can purchase these pieces of art as a donation uh, to the Human Solution, and you'll actually get a, um, a tax write-off for this as well. So um, this is all happening very soon, and uh, real grateful for all of that, grateful for Mary and Becca and Lisa and everybody else who's helped make the show uh, possible, and we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.
Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus